everybody, it's your girl Michelle with Girls Talk Real Talk. Because when girls talk, just about anything can happen. Listen in to this inspiring, interesting, and informative conversation. Hey everybody, it's your girl Michelle with Girls Talk Real Talk. Because when girls talk, just about anything can happen. So I've got my guest here with me today and I'm so excited. So um, this all came about, strangely enough, because of a Facebook post. <laughs> so I've got another guest that'll be coming on as well. So the women that you will be seeing me conversate with today are the women who participated in my very first Girls Talk Real Talk ever podcast. When I first went on the radio with the show, they were my first guest and I was so excited. And I honestly did not even realize that I had been on doing this for three years until that post popped up. And you know, Facebook doesn't always give you the same post on the anniversaries. It'll give you different stuff. So when this one popped up, I was like, okay, I have to get with the ladies to see if they would be available to come on the show. So I have with me Trisetta Briggs and Lexi Johnson and Simone Manson will be coming on in a little bit. So why don't we start with you, Trisetta? Why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Well, absolutely. And first of all, I want to say congratulations, Michelle, on three years of this very exciting show. Uh, it, it's an absolute honor to be involved from the beginning and now to have this reunion show. And happy double nickels birthday. <laughs> I know you're celebrating all month, but just want to say that uh, definitely celebrating with you. So uh, again, my name is Trisetta Briggs. My company is Performance 3. And the reason we exist is because we believe every leader can be a high performer with the right opportunity and the right culture. So to that end, we provide keynotes, training facilitation, and coaching and consulting services and products for learning series, leadership meetings, retreats, workshops, and strategic planning. And we get to work with global diverse companies, small business owners as well, but global diverse companies that have over up to 10,000 employees and over 10 billion or 20 billion, excuse me, in revenue. So get to work with a lot of great companies, love what we actually do. We have some core topics. And as you can imagine, one of those core topics being diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. We've been doing a lot of work this year, and I've been certified in that area since 94, and I'm glad to see some of the things that are going on now. So looking forward to this conversation, and again, thanks for having me, Michelle. <laughs> I'm so glad you're able to join us, Trisetta. Lexi, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Yes, good evening. Good evening, everyone. Um, I echo what you said and said, congratulations, Michelle, uh, three years. Man, the time really flew by. Um, I remember us being in the studio like it was yesterday. I was very excited for the day. And even more excited for you now, seeing that you, you know, you've been very consistent with this and got the great things going on. And happy birthday to you as well. Um, I am Lexi Johnson. I'm an international speaker. I have a licensed financial coach and advisor, also the co-founder of Lex TV. Um, my company is Money Mastery for Her Enterprises, and we are here to help women of color think differently, master their money, 
we're on a mission to change the face of wealth. And I'm really, really passionate and excited about helping, um, helping women to become financially free. Uh, we do that a bunch of different ways, uh, but but in but at the core, it's educating women about finances, not only educating them, but then giving them the tools that they need to implement, to execute, you know, make sure they have a solid game plan so that they can become financially free. Possible for any and everyone to become financially free. I'm happy to be here and happy to be reunited with uh, the rest of the ladies here as well. So thanks, Lexi, for being here. And Simone, why don't you introduce yourself to our mm -hmm. audience? Hello, my name is Simone Manson. Um, Simone, <laughs> I'm a activist. I do different things within the community and with my church to help lift and help others where I can. Um, and then I help with our food pantry and um, different things like that. But I mean, yeah, that's about it. Thank you. So I'm really excited that you ladies are here. And when I was thinking about doing the show um, to memorialize the very first day. And so one of the things that I thought that to kind of kick this off was to really begin to talk about the state of Black women in America. And so that thought just really stuck with me because the pandemic has really shown a disparity, not only in the marketplace, but also where jobs are concerned of individuals being more severely impacted by COVID. And according to the statistics, African-American females are on the highest end of individuals that were negatively impacted by the pandemic. Women in general make up the majority of those that have been negatively impacted. And so I wanted to begin this conversation because normally the woman is the, the glue that holds the family together. You have her where she is maybe a single mom that is raising her children, or you have her as the wife in the home that is holding everything together and making sure the kids are taken care of, making sure the husband is taken care of while she's out doing the things that she's doing. So understanding the concept of COVID and everything that COVID has, has done and, and all of the uncovering that has happened, how do you see um, African-American women as it relates to all that we've been dealing with for almost the last two years? Mm. So who would you like to start? <laughs> Whoever wants to jump in there, have it. <laughs> well, I think that, that obviously we know that just about anything that happens, we see that uh, certain communities are more disproportionately impacted. And certainly in this case, to your points, Michelle, uh, the African-American or Black women have definitely been impacted the most. And that's on a larger scale, of course, African-Americans in general have, and then the larger BIPOC community, you know, Black, Indigenous, and people of color. So it just kind of kind of goes that way. You know, it's, it's African-American women, then uh, the Black community, and then the BIPOC community. So 
definitely the the pandemic and everything else that happened highlighted the discrepancies, the challenges that African American women have. And there's so many things, I mean, I could talk about that we would be here all night, right? That that, that means that we're impacted. However, what it also showed us, I think, is how creative, innovative, and resourceful that African American women and the African American community can be, you know, when times like this occur and how strong that community can be if it if it works together with other communities, obviously, as allies uh, as appropriate. But I think that those two things on on the on the con side, it showed a lot of discrepancies, a lot of challenges. And I don't think that's anything new, however, to the African American community, adversity and challenges. So it just made us uh, get into a whole different crisis thinking mode where we had to be even more times nth degree resourceful, creative and everything to, to survive throughout what occurred. So I think that you know it showed two things, the deep challenges that we still face, but also how resourceful and how, how well the people in the African-American community can, can do things when they really put their mind to it, critically think in a crisis. So Lexi, I'm gonna throw out to you because I know that you work with women um, specifically on finances. During, the, during COVID and all that we're talking about, how has on, on your platform that you utilize in working with women, how has your business been impacted by COVID? Has it brought more women to you that are looking for more opportunities to secure? their their money and to build wealth or have you seen um it be a situation to where they're moving further away from it and they're not actually taking advantage of the the offerings and the benefits that are available to them as a part of the COVID relief package that's an excellent question and you know i'm seeing a little bit of both but actually in my experience i've seen more of um women you know saying okay this thing has happened. Certainly, I've got to do something. Whether they know exactly what that something is or not, they just know. Okay, no, I need to get myself together. You know, in this area because I can't be impacted like this um, again. You know, and as Jacetta uh, said, there are the, the COVID uh, pandemic just really put on front street all of the challenges. You know that our community faces. Um, one of those being that typically, you know, women of color are in uh, service type jobs. And so what types of jobs were impacted, you know, COVID-19? Definitely um, service types of jobs. Um, you know, we've got quite a few women who are single, you know what I'm saying? So when they are uh, furloughed or, you know, lost a job or whatever the case may be, you know, that was a huge impact. And even for the women that may not have lost jobs per se during COVID, uh, again, if you're single and the children had to be home, <laughs> doing school at home, that was an interruption. Uh, so some women, even though maybe the jobs didn't go anywhere, they had to take a step that reduced hours or even some women even had to give up, you know, jobs so that they could be at home uh, helping children. 
And so what it, what it did um, was a couple of things for women that I, that I saw um, and uh, it got me glory because last year was the best year ever in my, in my business, um, which, and I don't say that to brag, but I say that to for us as women to really think about the areas that we're in in terms of, you know, work and, you know, what we're doing. And you don't have to, you know, be a part of financial services, but truly, you know, as she said, still be a little bit more creative about the income um, that, you know, that we can make. Um, but I saw, you know, I saw a couple of things. I saw women, you know, say, okay, you know, I need to get, um, you know, I'm working again. I need to get certain things in place so that I'm this, if this situation should ever occur again, whether it's on a worldwide scale or it's on a personal scale, I can, you know, I can deal with it. I don't have to be worried because I just flashed my retirement and trying to try to stay above board, you know. So I saw that, but I also saw, you know, women who were saying, "Okay, hey, I need to do something a little bit different for income. I need to do something else." Um, the nine to five is not as steady and as stable as we thought it would be. That every, that biweekly paycheck or however often is not as steady as I thought. And so I need to get my hands, you know, into something else. And so how do I prepare financially to do that? So Simone, I'm gonna throw it to you because I know the work that you do. Even in the work during the pandemic, the work that you do as the outreach coordinator at your church and the different community um, organizations that you partner with, I know that there was an uptick in the amount of help that you guys were offering. But did you did you were there other services that were allowed to be offered to these families that were not offered previously? because we had not been in this position before. Um, not for, I think one of the biggest services that were offered is for the help for parents and kids that she was saying where kids um, had to be homeschooled. And um, for those parents who didn't have a choice, they still had to work and didn't have anyone to watch their kids, especially the younger ones. And um, there was more help towards that um, programs for them um, that way. Um, there were some pantry help, like food help like that. But for the most part, I think in general that women, we saw that how resilient we are. And then on the flip side of it, uh, it, it, it took a toll on our mental health uh, because you never, sometimes you never realize how much you're doing until you, until the thick of it. And then it's all, you're like, oh, I didn't realize I was doing all this. And then the resiliency comes in as they had to make a new plan now. And all this, sometimes we, we discredit ourselves things that we do and it's like well I don't have this experience or I don't have this but then you go like well I was able to do this at this job and right now I'm at home doing all these other services so yes I, I do have more um more I, think I have to offer so yeah mm -hmm. well you know it's it's can I can I can I add something that you know it's interesting you, you said uh you know we don't we kind of had to Come up with resources and things too and, and all of us that's a theme obviously in no matter what area we were in we had to be resourceful i know that you know as a business owner and as a national leadership development firm i saw several different things one of course was uh, that black women because they were disproportionately impacted in the workforce many of them became business owners many of them decided you know i'm not gonna do this i'm gonna not i'm not gonna have my future in the hands of someone else. I'm going to take 
the bull by the horns and I'm gonna get out there and I'm gonna do what I'm passionate about. And so many of them became business owners. And so that highlighted the discrepancies and the challenges in the areas of access to capital and finance and other things that, that you know, Lexi probably saw some of the things that people needed, you know, and hey, I need to go into my retirement or whatever and get some money so I can start this business, or I'm just going to start this business and I'm going <laughs> to, I might need that money later on. So tell me about how I can make that happen. So that was one thing, but certainly as a, as a national leadership development firm, I saw uh, all women, but African-American women, definitely, what are the things that I need to build in terms of competencies and being better so that I can be this business owner and this person who has an out, who's now has and needs to have an entrepreneurial mindset. So I saw a lot of that because I do work with some individual executives and leaders uh, in small businesses, but you know I also see a little bit of that in the global companies I work with too. You know, African American folks who are concerned about what's going to happen to them and what the opportunities are or lack thereof. So it brought those two things to the forefront, you know, the side where they were impacted, but that impact meant what? It meant that they went into business ownership or they did something else or something else happened. And that, that caused a trickle of a whole lot of other things that surfaced that we didn't even know about. So it's been, it's been an interesting thing to watch, but I love how they have really jumped into trying to learn what they need to know, you know, and that's a mindset thing. You know, you have to get your mind right, right? As my dad used to say, girl, get your mind right. You know, you have to have your mind right first or you're not gonna do any of that. So I and saw I, a lot of that. I saw that too. And also um, some people, you showed how much you were underappreciated. So as far as like when some of these jobs were furloughed and then they got their unemployment um, checks, and it's like, well, okay, I'm getting this much amount of money and for, and you were working maybe two or three jobs because if you had a family, because the, the schedules of your kids or whatever your needs may be. And he was like, I don't have to feel um, the stress of having those jobs. And then you had your unemployment check that was doing this and where you're still able to meet your needs with it. And that was even more than what you were bringing in hourly um, from your jobs. And I think some people are and the ongoing thing that oh people didn't want to work, they want to come back to work is because of the unemployment check that they're getting. Where that's really not the case, where most of them, and because like she was saying, they work in the service industry and they will have to get two or three jobs in order to even take care of their family. On top of that, they won't even have child care for the kids that they do have. And then the mental health that goes into it. So it's not like, oh, people, oh, this check, like, no. It, it wasn't because of the oh the unemployment check that these people don't want to go back to work. It's because the people actually really feel like they found their worth, and it's like oh I can do I can do this for myself instead of having to go out here and uh, working for the man quote unquote where I can go out here and have my own business and, and have the stress of my own own stuff. So yeah, I absolutely agree with that. You know, prior to COVID, uh, you know the fastest group you know starting businesses. Uh, black women, you know, and so, you know, after COVID, uh, even more so, and um, it, it again just points to one of our strengths is, of being resourceful, being creative, uh, things of that nature, and I'm just so glad to see so many more um, women stepping out uh, to do those things, and as you said, Simone, 
you know, yeah, they're talking about old people with the, the uh, unemployment checks and why people are not working out more. While, while maybe some people are receiving a little bit more than what they got on the job, those checks are not enough to just sit at home and do nothing. No, people are um, finding different ways. They're starting businesses. They're discovering, you know, their passions. Um, they're discovering their purpose. They're discovering they really enjoy being home with family. And uh, COVID is in a lot of ways really just, it helps people to reprioritize, if you will, what's important. And um, I think more so, and I agree with you, Simone, that, that that's the reason why people aren't returning uh, to the workforce. I mean, it, it, I forget the number, but there's so many people uh, that just was like, you know, I'm not going, you know, I'm not going back. And age is all, all across the board. It's not just young people, you know, there are uh, mid, mid age, middle aged people, older people as well. And they're not doing just, some of them are not doing just because they close to retirement. No, they just discovered something else that they would, you know, much uh, rather be uh, doing. I think a lot of times people are missing the point of, a lot of the help that was provided in the CARES Act. Because I know um, several of my friends that were furloughed during um, COVID, the beginning of it especially, they ended up getting money to go to school for free. So now they've gotten certificates that will give them a better employment opportunity and allow them to bring home more money to take care of their household. So there were a lot of things that were accessible that individuals knew about. And the one thing that I, I appreciated social media for during this period of time is because if one person found out that this money was available, they immediately went to social media and said, Y'all better check this out because this money is available. And if you know, like I know, you'll tap into it. And they didn't just say, I'm going to take care of me. I'm just going to keep this for me. But they put the information out there. And I know people that have got project management certificates. They've gotten their um, associate's degree. You know, they were able to do some things that was not readily available to them prior to. And, and they were at home, because guess what? We couldn't go nowhere. Mm -hmm. So they utilized that time in order to provide a better opportunity for them once things started opening back up. And, and mm -hmm. I like that concept of the resilience that Simone was talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think another part of it too is, especially in the service industry where they're trying to get people to come back to work at, yes, there are jobs available and stuff, but their hours aren't. And so there, you don't have a guarantee of hours because um, right now I'm, I'm I'm not really working in different places that I'm applying. Like, oh, yes, you can get hired there, but you have no guarantee of hours. So would I would I rather take this? Uh, and if I if I had a family, like would I take my unemployment check or I have a steady? I know I'm able to pay this bill, that bill, or that, that bill, or possibly still have to try to find another two or three jobs to possibly make my bills on there. Mind you, I, I don't even get unemployment or anything like that, but it, that was just one of the concerns that was out there. Like, oh, yes, there are jobs available, but you don't have, as an adult, I, I have bills. So I need to guarantee you a set of hours that I, in order to make my obligations. So, yeah. And I think that that's important that we look at that because 
you know, I, I went out to, for Mother's Day, my mom came into town and my oldest nephew and my oldest son took us out to um, brunch. And so while we were sitting there, you know, like families do, you enter into these conversations. And um, it's rather interesting to be at a blood cell conversation, especially when we all get really enthused about the topic. But it was something that Jeremy said that has stayed with me ever since. And he said, it was no wonder that the service industry was hit the way it was hit. And I asked him, I said, well, why do you say that? He said, because they have been trying to lobby to get the minimum wage increased to a, a living wage. But these companies do not want to pay the money that needs to be paid in order to pay these individuals a living wage. So it's not surprising that people are not going back to these jobs when they have participated in trainings, when they've had these other opportunities, when they've been out there and started their own business. And now they have their own income coming in. They're not willing to go back to what was because it no longer meets their needs. And they see that there are other opportunities that is available to them. And so they're stepping into that realm. And you know, one of the things that I think is so very important is I make a decent living. I can pay my bills. I can take care of myself very comfortably. But when I was taking care of my children and it was just me and them, I struggled. Because whereas my income can take care of one person very comfortably, trying to take care of four people is a whole nother story. And I, I don't think that people are really realizing that struggle. And then I've got four grandkids. And so my daughter works at home and she has four kids mm -hmm. and three of them are in school. And then she has a newborn and a full-time job during COVID. So it was, and she came to me and she said, well, mama, what day are you signing up for? Cause I need some help. I said, sweetie, I'm not gonna be able to do that. I'm sorry, I'm not gonna be able to do that. But it put that whole nother level of stress on mothers, you know, because my son-in-law, even though we were in the midst of COVID, he was an essential worker. So he was still going out every day to work. He was still not in the home to help out. So mm -hmm. you go from sending your kids to school eight to 10 hours a day to having your kids home 24 seven. Mm -hmm. Nobody gets a break from anybody. And then you've got schoolwork put in on it. And you're mm -hmm. gonna tell me that these women have not shown how resilient and how brilliant that they are because some of them have set up programming with these kids that is self-contained. Now, all of those skills can be used in an office somewhere. Yeah. Some of them probably <laughs> felt like they were in boot camp and they were ready to go back to school. But you know, and it, it would be great to have a teacher on here because everybody had a whole new level of respect for teachers. And I've always felt the teachers did so much more and that they weren't paid, they're not paid near enough for what they do. 
but a lot of people got to see and appreciate what they really did when they had to become teachers in their home and but they they were resilient and figured it out uh, yeah, so it's, it's, yeah sorry go ahead i think on the other side of it too it also showed like yes we are resilient but we need help and that's where the mental health part of it came in because like we really need to take some me time because we do so much especially black women because well i'm i only speak for black women because i'm black <laughs> but like we do so much and we take on so much he's like oh we need help sometimes too and so i don't have to do all of this and i can ask for help and that's where some of those other resources came in especially where they have had the program and stuff where the kids or other family members or anybody else was able to come in and assist them um start up a new business and where they were actually showing them the steps of how to do it they didn't have to fumble through it there was actually people willing to help you i think that was one of the biggest things like she was saying that people were willing to help and share the information that they that they had i think sometimes we're a gatekeeper what we have because we feel like we don't want anyone else to be better than us or or, or, or the level that we're on but it, and i did like that part of the COVID that we were willing to share um our information and then that we were speaking about our mental health like you know what i mean i need to go speak to somebody because i got all these kids in the house i'm dealing with such and such family issues and i need somebody to talk to i need to be able to release i need to be able to go somewhere and just sit in my car because usually if those who were able to work even they were able their um, travel time they were able to decompose before they got home they didn't have any, any decomposed time. The kids didn't have any decomposed time because even get on the bus on their way home. So it was like, oh, so the kids, they weren't able to even really be kids and enjoy their self. I guess it's like, oh, well, you're at home because you're at home. Now you got to do all these extra chores. Like, mama, I'm still, I'm still in school right now. I can't be over here. Listen, I'm just, go take out that trash. Mama, my teacher's right here. Can you hold on? It's like, so yeah, it was a lot for all of parents and kids. Yeah. I just touched on, you know, home mental health and, uh, you know, being a parent myself, you know, we have six children, two are still in the home. And so um, I went through that, um, that whole, you know, adjusting and even having my own business and being able to set my own hours and my schedule and all that, it was still a huge adjustment, even for me. And so I was like, oh my goodness, how more fellow you know, adjustment for, for women who are who still have the nine to five to either go to or you know do at home while you're trying to because personally for my children, um my uh, 14 year old, like I was really the with the school you in, like I really had to step up and do some more. Understand like I really had to step up and do some more where he was concerned. That was an adjustment. And then my um, five-year-old, uh, she was four at the time. And so I was just like, I'm just going to homeschool her. So that whole, just doing a whole, you know, curriculum and all that kind of stuff for her. And I said, my goodness, and I'm struggling and I can control my own schedule. <laughs> How much more so, you know, are other, are other women um, struggling with this? And you're right, you know, to somebody, you know, too. And that was a that was a thing that I also thought was a positive thing that came out of this, that people were willing to go and talk to someone um, about their mental health and the resources that were available um, for you know mental health and, and people being more expecting of it 
and you can be talking about it and saying, yeah, I have a therapist later, but I got a therapist, you know? So um, that was another thing I thought um, that, you know, unfortunately had to kind of experience the whole stress of it all. But the other, on the other side of it too, it, it did help us to really embrace um, taking care of our mental health. Yeah, I think I think that's something that that was brought to light too, as everyone is reflecting, as the the health of us, mind, body, and spirit, that we realized was critically important if we were going to make it through this pandemic as as a whole person, because there were so many different struggles that were highlighted because of it, you know. And I, I experienced it more from a, a, you know, I have five grandchildren and three grown kids, and I experienced it from, you know, that side and watching them and trying to help them in every way I could, as well as as a business owner trying to pivot from 90% in person to maybe 10% online to 10% in person and 90% online and getting all the new technology and everything I needed to be effective. And so we, we all experienced the pandemic in so many different ways. And we had to keep do some things, some me time, some quality time, some girlfriend talks, some whatever, to to be whole mind, body, and spirit. And as you and many of you know, that are on my high performing women page on Facebook, you know, I started that back in August 2019 after my mother passed. To kind of it was right before she passed, while she was really critically ill, and then a couple months later she passed, and it was kind of continuing to honor her. In 2020, I had my first event for high-performing women in intimate gathering, and I did it as a hybrid. You know, it was an open house. People kind of came through as they wanted to. It was it was COVID friendly. And then I had people from Florida, from Georgia, from uh, Virginia, from Kansas on online. You know, in a Zoom call. So we did that to to just just encourage, inspire each other as we went through this. And it was just, it was even more powerful than I thought it would be. I almost didn't do it, but I, I was so glad that I did. But just that whole mind, body and spirit thing is so important and it's so important to continue as we go beyond 2020 and the pandemic. We have to remember that and be intentional about doing that regardless of what we're in. I think that that's so very important. Mm -hmm. um, I remember having a conversation um, with my my niece, she she passed away this past March, but we were having a conversation, and she was telling me she was like, "I'm struggling," and I was like, "Well, what are you what are you struggling?" She said, "I I I can't get to my therapist, and my therapist is not set up to have telephone consultations," and so I went on a journey to find something to send to her that would help her in that immediate need. And that's when I started finding out that a lot of the counseling, the larger counseling services had to restructure like quickly in order to provide these services to their clients that were used to seeing them face to face. And now it's either online or it's by telephone. And I found one that was a free service for the initial like first few sessions but then they did whatever they did afterwards. And I remember talking to her and she was saying, you don't know how much that blessed me. You don't know how much I needed that because we don't know what people are dealing with in that moment. 
And, and it's like Simone said when she first brought it up, a lot of times we are so busy in our everyday lives and then COVID hit and we all had to slow down and we basically had to almost stop. Mm -hmm. And all of those issues that had been lurking in the background now mm -hmm. came full force on you <clears throat> and now you had to deal with them. And it was, I've got some friends of mine that are actually therapists and they were like, okay, give them this information and give her that information and share this with her. Because, you know, even when I think about this, my son-in-law ended up one of the ones that were in the hospital and not expected to survive. So mind you, it was around Thanksgiving time of 2020. She has a, a baby that she just birthed two months, a month early, month earlier than that in October. She's got three kids at home. She's working a full-time job. And her husband is in the hospital with COVID. You can't go see him. All you can do is FaceTime him and talk to him on the phone. The stress that that brings about, you know, and, and this is a lot of people's story. Yeah. The stress that it brings about can very easily turn into or, or present mental health issues that have always been there, but now it has an outlet to show itself. And so we have to really began and and I was at your event Tricetta and I loved it it was wonderful to me I thought it was the greatest yes. thing um but I I do know that online there has been a lot of sister circles that have popped up because people needed that connectivity they even though I couldn't physically touch you I needed to connect I needed to be able to do that because I know in our community we we have an excuse anytime to get together and to hang out, to eat, to play cards, to listen to music and to talk. And by the way, I meant to, I meant to say that you were there and thank you so much for supporting it. It I, was, I it was a blessing it. to me for sure. You do it again. So you need to yeah. make sure you plan another one because that one was fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, but think about even where we are now, we're, we're not out of the pandemic. A lot of people think that we're out of the pandemic and we get, we're not out of the pandemic. There are still people dying every day um, from the virus. Um, and, and I'll share something funny with you guys. So I was having a conversation with my two oldest, my daughter and my oldest son. And they were like, mom, have you gotten the, the vaccination yet? I said, no. Are you going to get it? I said, I don't know. Every time they saw me, this was the same conversation. And so then I told, I said, okay, stop bothering me. I'll get the Johnson's and Johnson's because I don't like needles and it's just one shot and I'm done. I'll get it, okay? So then Johnson and Johnson had the whole issue that happened. And I said, well, I really ain't getting it now because <laughs> I don't know what they doing with this stuff. And it went right back. And so I was talking to a good friend of mine and she was like, don't worry about it. If you're gonna do it, just go do it. 
because if you are a believer and it's your time to go, you know you're going regardless whether you get the shot or not, you're going. Mm -hmm. Do what you're going to do. So I went ahead and got it. Still don't like needles at all. <laughs> Me <But> either. <laughs> I, I just don't. And but one of the things that it, it reminded me of is it reminded me that just because I got the vaccination does not give me permission not to take care of myself and not to protect myself because it doesn't mean that you won't get the virus. It doesn't mean that you won't get the new strains that are out there. You still have to be wise about your care and about how you are taking care of yourself and the direction that we go in. So I wanna flip the script a little bit. So, you know, one of the things that I have found just talking to some of the other women that I interact with is that we have learned new things about ourselves. So I'm gonna ask each one of you to share one or two things that you have learned about yourself since the pandemic. So Samal, why don't you start? Yes, I got you. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, what I learned. Um, I was always one for preserving my peace. Um, and I would tell a person that in a second, if I don't have time, I'm gonna preserve my peace. I don't try to be in anyone else's issues because I feel like once someone tells you something, you the onus is on you, you have to, you have to see how you're gonna deal with that. So I have to do something with the information that you presented to me. And by me trying to preserve my peace, I'm not um, able to withstand whatever you have going on right now. But I truly found out that even with me trying to preserve my peace, um, I wasn't as at, at peace as I thought I was. Um, and then, I, and then in, in some areas, in other areas, I'm like, you know what? You're doing really good. Because um, like, like some the COVID, it really, I was really, um, it was a blessing towards um, for me. And I've had a lot of opportunities come out of it. So I haven't been, uh, I'm fortunate enough not to have really missed anything that going on. Um, so I guess the, the biggest thing that I've learned from our taking away is really controlling and maintaining my peace. Okay. What about you, Lexi? <laughs> so uh, let's say one funny and one not so funny, one a little bit more serious. So what I have learned is that um, even if I decide to homeschool children, I had always been considering it. I will pay somebody else to homeschool them. That's what I'm going to do because I am not. Always <laughs> 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 appreciated teachers. So this is not about me saying I never appreciated teachers or I didn't understand their work because um, when I worked in corporate, I worked alongside um, some teachers. Um, in you know, I was doing social work, but so I, I understand you know what they have to deal with. But there were, you know, there was a spell of time where I was thinking, like, okay, I'm going to homeschool my children or whatever. No, I learned during COVID that, nope, that is not what I want to do. I'm going to pay somebody. <laughs> That's what I learned. And then the other thing that I learned um, is uh, along the lines of Simone, right? Um, peace and just everything about um, the importance of taking care of my mental health, the whole opportunity to just kind of sit back and and, and breathe because I had to, because I'm the kind of person that's just always, you know, running, 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 running. And my wife's like, when are you gonna sit down? When are you gonna, I'm like, well, I'm sitting down, I'm still in bed, <laughs> you know? 
But um, I really learned how to uh, just take that time um, for myself, that time to breathe, uh, and that time, and, and respecting that time, and then just a, a lot of the creativity that came from that. So I'm much more protective of, you know, the time for me where I can, you know, restore, regenerate, uh, be rejuvenated, and, and create, and all of that. Mm. Trisetta, what about you? Hmm. You know, that that's a very good question. What did I learn about myself? And I think that's important for the next crisis because we know that one will come. You know, we're either in one, we're on our way to one, and we just came out of one. It might be larger or smaller, but we're, you know, something's going to happen. But I think what I learned most is that I'm strong, very strong and resilient, but I'm not that strong and resilient. And so because I was still grieving the loss of my mom, and then I lost three relatives to COVID, it was just boom, boom, boom. I realized that I needed to take steps to productively process my grief. And I did that through a program called Grief Share that is at different churches, but it's also online just to, to really carve out intentional time to focus on how I was grieving and what I could do to get past that to a place of more joy and peace. And I think that it's really, it was really helpful to do that because, you know, still in a lot of, of emotional pain around that. However, uh, I am doing productive things and I'm remembering it with so much joy and the joy is coming. When they say joy comes in the morning, it does. And so, you know, I'm so glad I did that uh, to productively process my grief. Uh, the joy that I feel now, it's sad, periods of sadness, of course, but because those three relatives, my mother and those three relatives I lost were close to me. They were first cousins who were my mother's sister's kids. And we were all like brothers and sisters. So it was very tough and still tough. However, that's what I learned. I'm strong. But I'm not that strong, and I need to make sure that I do whatever is necessary to remain stronger long term for the people who need me, who are still, you know, here and, and deserve my all of the things that I can give, and to be able to do the work that God has for me and preserve my joy. And that has helped me to do that, to preserve that joy. So I'm feeling much more joy, much clearer headed. Because when you're grieving, you can be in a fog and just be moving through the, going through the motions. But I got much more clarity and I feel stronger and just more able to do what I need to be doing. So that's what I learned. For mm -hmm. me, um, my very first thing is I learned how to breathe. When you are constantly moving through life, you know, working a nine to five, having a business, doing the podcast, you know, helping my daughter as much as I can and all of that, sometimes you forget that you need to breathe. And so it gave me the time to just breathe, just to be in that moment and not, and not always feel like I had to be doing something. You know, because mm -hmm. I'm really comfortable in my own presence. You know, I love me some Michelle and I'm good <laughs> in my own company. Um, and then the second thing 
similar to what you said, Trisetta, um, my brother passed away in January and then my niece passed away unexpectedly in March. And then my son-in-law, the previous fall or winter was in the hospital. And so even though he didn't pass away, there was a level of things changed, yeah. you know, and, and you've got to learn how to deal with that. And then a lot of times we like, I'll push that back and I'll keep moving. But I gave myself permission to grieve. So when I have those moments that I remember my brother or that I remember something or a memory will pop up on Facebook like it inevitably does, I don't fall apart, but I can remember the good times. I can, I can, I might shed a tear or whatever, but my heart is filled with joy because I know that, you know, God is taking care of me. And I know that regardless of what life throws at me, there's nothing that me and God can't handle together. And, mm -hmm. and that was, I guess, for me, my biggest aha moment during the pandemic was realizing that not only do I have the responsibility to take care of myself, but I'm also responsible to determine my destiny. I cannot leave it in the hands of anyone else. And so in that, I have to be intentional and purposeful in everything that I do. Whether I was going to say that. That I just got that too, that I had to be more intentional in the things that I was doing. Um, because like sometimes I do, for myself, I do do a lot. Somebody asks me if I could do something. I'm, I'm usually a person that says yes. Um, and then sometimes um, I don't have a problem doing anything, but sometimes it's like, you know, someone needs to be more intentional with my nose. And it's not because I can't do it. I'm just choosing, choosing me at this point in time. And then also to be intentional with um, showing my love to um, others. Because like you, I'm, I'm good with being by myself. I don't have to talk to anybody. Pull me up a book and I'm good to go. But I had to make sure that I was more intentional with, especially with my family and those who are close to me. Let them know that I love you. Being on the phone with them for longer than 15 minutes. Because I'm like, my sister will tell you, I'm like, okay, well, we've been on here for about 15 minutes now. They're like, 15 minutes, that's a long time for me. So we even got to an hour and that was pushing. Okay, they was, they was so happy. And I was like, oh, you on the phone for an hour. Like, I know. I'm about to get off, <laughs> like, but yeah, so that was one thing too. I'm like, okay, because I know they like to talk, so I wanted to be intentional, like, okay, you know what, somebody you can suck it up. They say, you know, I mentally prepared myself to be able to be on this phone call with them so that I'm still preserving my peace. I'm being intentional um, with saying no and still being able to show love to others. That's good. That's good. So ladies. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you. Um, it all started with you guys. And I will forever be eternally grateful that you took that first leap of faith with me. Because I did not know what I was doing. I just knew I had been given an assignment and he was going to do it. But you guys made it easy. You, you gave me... You supported me without even realizing you were supporting me. And, and you helped me have the courage. Huh? You are one of those people I can say that you really are resilient because you've been through a lot of different things in life. But to look at you, you wouldn't know. And you are always one that you can, you can turn something into nothing, nothing into something. 
nothing into something. And so you, um, you've been able to actually push me like, okay, well, listen, she ain't done all these three different things and this, that, that, so you're never one to be down. And so for that, I thank you for just keep moving and keep going and so that your light can shine so that others can look up and see like, oh, I can, I can do it because she's doing it also. I appreciate that. Thank you. You know, you know, you you always support others, and and when you asked me to do this, you've always supported me, so I had to support you too, and I I I continue to do that. Uh, so definitely appreciate it, and glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, I echo those same sentiments because just as much as you thought we supported you in your beginning, you know, you were part of my original Facebook group. <laughs> Uh, and uh, you were very supportive then. You know, we had that conversation. You were very supportive then. And as you began to tell me about things that you were doing, you know, I genuinely believe in what you're doing. I genuinely believe in you. And um, I'm just happy. You know, I, I was just happy to you know play a part, be a small part. You know, uh, in, in in your podcast coming to life. And glad we could reconnect. And just looking forward to. Uh, watching you continue to shine, continue to grow, all of that. Just know, you know, I'm, I'm on the sidelines. I appreciate that, ladies. Um, I want to make sure that I give you an opportunity. Um, once again, um, how, if anybody wants to get in touch with you um, to be able to benefit from your businesses, to be able to support you in your community action, um, and your community activities that you're doing, Simone, how can people get um, in touch with you? We'll start with Lexi. All right, thank you. Thank you once again, Michelle. Thank you, ladies. It's been a pleasure. Um, I can, you can reach me on all social media at the Lexi Johnson. Um, my website is www.elexijohnson.com. Um, email hello at elexijohnson.com. Very easy to, uh, to find me. All of my stuff is public. Um, so yes, um, you can feel free to follow me at any of any of those things. Again, you know, uh, if you're, you're, uh, you've made a decision that you wanted to do better and prove in your finances, not just improve, but you want to master your money and you want to be financially free, hey, reach out. We Let's have a conversation about that and how we can get you on track. Um, but again, very easy to find. See Lexi Thompson everywhere. Okay, Trisetta. Uh, you can, and thank you again. It's great to see you ladies. I'm glad we had this reunion show with Michelle. And uh, for me, it's at performance three, the number three across all social media, except my Facebook page. My business Facebook page is at best performance three. And I think that that is, yes, that's through all social media, except for my Facebook business page is at performance three you can also join us on the high performing women group on facebook so please uh send me an invite let me know that you have found us here and i will i will allow you to join it's a private group so we can have this the kind of conversations we need to but i would love to connect with all of you of course you won't find anybody else with my name on linkedin or anywhere else in fact so you can find me pretty easily on LinkedIn too. So I look forward to connecting with everyone. Simone? Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you for having me. Uh, um, I'm on social media, Simone Manson. Yeah, that's about it. 
So ladies, it has truly been a pleasure. Um, it's your girl, Michelle, with Girls Talk Real Talk here with Tricetta, Lexi, and Simone, because guess what? When girls talk, just about anything can happen. Thank you for listening in on another great episode of the Girls Talk Real Talk podcast. If you've missed any of our episodes and want to catch up, check us out on any of the podcast platforms. Thank you.